Welcome everyone. This is the Brewery Ministries podcast and this is our first episode. We are basically starting a church in a brewery, so it's kind of a new a new adventure and this podcast is kind of supposed to help introduce ourselves and build up towards that. So there's actually four of us sitting here today and this is our launch team. My name's Nathan. Uh, Jason, you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yep, I'm Jason. Yep, that's me. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> and uh, Dana, uh, say something interesting fact about yourself. Oh man, okay. Um, I'm Dana, and um, I. Oh man, I I just really love nature. That's and good. and photography. And you have a pet possum. And I do have a pet possum. That's true. Oh, you, you still do currently. It's, yes. It's back. It, yes, it is back. We, well, I think it's a new one. I haven't seen it, but I have definitely seen evidence of it. Oh, that kind. So, well, <laughs> evidence, oh my gosh. Evidence in the, in the form of smashed peanuts. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Crunched up peanuts. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> no, this is great. Uh, Jason, tell us an interesting fact about yourself. Uh interesting fact um i get up every day i breathe in i breathe out um makes me unique and special you tell yourself you're beautiful that is so interesting (laughs) he has bernie sanders hair tonight yes no um let's see interesting thing about me i like fishing and i like sports to some degree i work full-time at a regular job so that takes up a lot of time um i wouldn't say that there's anything overly interesting to tell. All Is right. that what we're supposed to jump in and be like, no, you're so interesting. <laughs> you're like Dos Equis, the most uninteresting man in the world. Oh, I like beer. How's that? Aha, uh-huh. okay. This is Brewery Ministries. Yeah. And I like beer. Tell us your favorite kind. Oh, I have lots of favorite kinds. But as a style, I like IPAs mostly as a style. Okay. If it tastes like grapefruit or pine needles, then I like it. Pine needles. Yeah. Okay, crush them up and put some in some beer. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. What about Heath? Well, you already know my name. Uh, ASL, 32 male Wichita. Wait, this isn't 1998. Um, well, interesting factoid about me. I have a garden that feeds 20,000 lumberjacks and an army of cats. He does. I do. And they all have claws. And I have a really weird cat that likes to eat donuts. <laughs> she she donuts? Which one? <clears throat> she dropped the box of dozen donuts on the floor yesterday, trying to open the box. Donuts were fine, don't worry. She did not get in the box, but they were all nasty after that. But today, she almost did it again. And I cracked the box open just a little bit, and sooner sooner than a blink of eye, she had two paws in her head inside the box. I'm like, no, what are you doing? Shouldn't be on the table to begin with. This is, this is my life. <laughs> I have weird cats, and Puff just sat there watching it all. Wonderful. So you have a donut-stealing cat. I have a donut-stealing cat. <laughs> well, I am Nathan. I am a local musician, so I like to play guitar and sing, and I do that around Wichita. And... I have a bug collection. Yeah. Like a collection of like bacterium 
no, no, bugs? No, dead okay. bugs. Like, so you're not like, you know, you, you see those like that. science shows and they're, they've got all the butterflies? I like those, so. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. you had a bunch of petri dishes stacked up. That's one of my lesser known hobbies, so. <laughs> I thought I'd tell you a secret. So, um, we wanted to take a few minutes to just kind of tell you who we are, um, what our vision is, mm-hmm. like why we're doing this. So, one of the things that made us want to start a church and a brewery is we just felt like there are a lot of people, like in our age group, and I mean, we're what, like 20s to 40s, so wait, no, none of us are in the 20s anymore, but I hang out with a lot of people in their 20s. So, in that age group, it just seemed like they're having trouble connecting with, with church, but they're spiritually interested in their. They're interested in exploring God and Jesus and um, just talking about where we come from, who we are, but they didn't feel like they could ask those questions in church, and they didn't feel comfortable expressing their doubt, but it just seemed like, like a lot of these people are asking the same questions, and we ourselves have asked those questions at different points. Um, I mean, some of us have been on different sides of the fence uh, at different points in our lives, and um, we just wanted to make a place where everybody was free to explore what was in the Bible, but from more of an objective standpoint, and they didn't have to worry about where they were at, they didn't have to be a Christian to be there. Um, we just all thought that you know, we can have different perspectives and, and try to discover what, what's in the Bible together and have those discussions. Another thing that was kind of a barrier for that age group was they want to interact and they want to discuss. So, I mean, we thought we would make more of a discussion group rather than going to church and watching a guy speak for, you know, an hour or something. We wanted people to engage with us in these topics. Ultimately, in March 2020, what we're going to do is we're going to meet in a local brewery and you can have a beer and we'll sit down, we'll have a, a short topic introduction and then people can sit down at tables and discuss with their friends about what they think and, and we'll all try to figure this out together. Like some examples of topics that we'll ultimately go over, like does God exist? Who is Jesus? We'll probably spend quite a bit of time just trying to figure out how Jesus lived, uh, who did he hang out with, what did he do, uh, what's significant about him. Did he really come back from the dead? And why does God allow suffering and things like that? Uh, I'm, I'm really kind of big on scientific evidence and origin of the universe and, and stuff like that. Uh, facts were a big part of my journey. So we, we kind of like to approach it from a lot of different angles. And, and one of mine that I'll throw in there is science and philosophy. But we think, you know, God works in a lot of different ways and speaks to people through, through different ways. And... Um, We'll just all explore that together. So, I thought on this episode it would be good if we could maybe introduce our our own spiritual journeys, talk about some of the doubts that we've wrestled with, and that way you can kind of get to know us and maybe relate to us. Maybe you're asking some of the same questions that that we've wrestled with. So, I'll go first. Alright, so, my spiritual journey. I grew up in the Methodist Church, and I was actually, I'd, I'd say I had a, a favorable view of God 
throughout my upbringing. But I, I didn't really know the Bible that well. I don't really know why. I, I don't know if I wasn't paying attention in church or what. That's probably part of it. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, I, I was always interested in God, but I didn't, for some reason, accept a lot of the things that my church taught um, when I was younger. And so I, I wasn't sure how you got to heaven, things like that. And when I went off to college, I decided I was going to explore some of this for myself. And um, my brother is somebody who would always kind of help me along and I would ask him questions. So he, he, he's an engineer, so you gotta understand the way he thinks is like archaeology, scientific evidence, things like that. And I would ask him questions and I was trying to figure out like, did the Bible change over time because it has all these these, it's got supernatural stories in it, and I was convinced that these are just legends. Like the story got embellished over time, and that's how we end up with, you know, Jesus feeding five thousand people out of a basket of fish and bread, things like that. So I would ask him questions, and since he was big on evidence, he would he would talk to me about the way the Bible was written and the evidence for it to help me kind of learn to trust it, but. It probably took me six or seven years before I, I really, really took that, that investigation on for myself. Because he gave me this book called The Case for Christ, and um, it was an atheist journalist who was investigating the Bible from that angle. And um, I, I pretty much waited until I hit like a really hard time in my life. I, I moved down to Austin. I, I had a, a pretty significant breakup paralyzed one of my vocal cords. I was down there to be a singer, so I couldn't sing anymore. So I didn't have anything to do. <laughs> and um, I, I, during that time, I felt like I kind of lost some of my identity because I, I couldn't really participate in music at the time. And so I started trying to figure out, well, what am I going to do? If, I'm, if I can't be a musician right now, who am I? And I started reading that Case for Christ book that my brother gave me like years before. And as I went through it, he brought in all this medical evidence and historical evidence and archaeology to try to build this evidential case to show that you can trust those stories about Jesus. And that really resonated with me. That, that's what I needed to hear. I really struggled to have blind faith. And I really still today don't think that's the way it's supposed to work. So evidence was like my language. That's what I needed to hear. So I, I started to reread the Bible from the beginning and took it more more seriously that time. And I, and I learned to trust it, but because I've been there, because I've wrestled with some of this stuff, and I've kind of explored some other religions and perspectives, I feel like I can relate to a lot of people, and I, I appreciate their perspective. So I like to sit down and talk to other people about what they think about it, no matter where they're at. And that's that's one of the things that draws me to having a church and a brewery is because, you know, I don't, I don't really care what, what people think. I think we can all relate to some of this and when we have, have some perspectives that make for really good conversation. So that's, that's my journey. Uh, what about you, Jason? Okay, sure. <clears throat> um, I grew up in a pretty small town in northwest Colorado. My family, we lived another 15 miles outside of the town. So it was my parents and my sister, 
and we pretty were very isolated out in the middle of nowhere it really felt like um, so if we were going to go to town there had to be a reason it was either school or church those were our reasons to to go to town and as long as I can remember um, I grew up in a church we grew up in a in a Baptist church and uh, and if the doors were open at church then we the Moyers we were going to be there and if the doors were closed well my parents had the key and they would open it and we would still be at church so we were at church constantly and so I kind of had that blind faith as you were saying earlier um, my parents told me about God they told me about Jesus and that's what it was and and don't question it and that's that's how it is so when I was um, at the end of my high school days um, my my dad and I started not getting along very well and uh, it was time for graduation of high school and uh, I moved to Arizona as soon as I graduated high school out on my own didn't ask anybody how to do anything I just thought I was done and I didn't need anything I just went out on my own and I thought you know God's there what do I need church for I've had church my entire life I know the truth I know how this works and so there I was um, skinny malnourished kid due to my own doing when I was uh, you know 18 years old in Arizona all by myself and uh, I was um, working a lot and going to school during the day and working at night and um, I started to uh, be uh, not take care of myself very well uh, I started to have uh, anxiety panic attacks so on and so forth and uh, really started to doubt the existence of God and um, started to realize what my parents were teaching me all of this time but uh, uh, I did, never got to figure out those things on my own. I was just told them. And so then I started to think, well, maybe they really don't exist. There's no proof or no evidence of it. All we have is the Bible, which in truth I never read. And um, for several years, I was uh, through my early 20s, just kind of, I wasn't being super rebellious. I just was working and doing my thing, but yet I was... Uh, living in a constant state of fear because I started to realize that I was afraid of death and I had no idea what was true anymore and so I think I just went back to my roots and I started thinking well where do I get these answers from so I was driving to church one day and <clears throat> I knew Baptist Church because that's what I grew up with I drove past a Baptist Church and, and I started going to the Baptist Church and even going there to this Baptist Church in Mesa, Arizona. It took a couple of years um, for me to start to find the evidence as Nathan was saying and because I'm very evidential as well and not too not so feely and uh, starting to uh, realize what I believed in and why I believed it and I had to start the studying and had to go all the way through everything to in order to start to release uh, realize that what I was taught when I was a child really was true you know and and I was looking back upon it I was 
I was extremely blessed. I met Dana in Arizona, who we've been married for 15 years now, but I met her at that church, and um, it really was those teachings that uh, I had to go back to that um, got me turned around and on a healthy life journey. Yeah, you know, one thing I was wondering is, as you were talking, I was thinking, like, we both grew up in the church. We didn't get the evidence there. Correct. It was just, it is, this is how it is. And uh, (laughs) still to this day, my family will, why would you question that? Mm -hmm. This is just the way it is. And the Bible says so, so there you go. And uh, don't question it, just believe it. Mm -hmm. And... um, I had to uh, really get to that point where, no, this really is evident. The evidence really does point to that this is a a true thing. Mm. Finding all the evidence that said Jesus did really walk the earth and he really did rise again. And, you know, I had a lot of doubts with, like you were saying, a lot of doubts with the stories of the Bible that are miraculous. Mm -hmm. Those were very difficult to, to believe at that time. How did Noah get all the animals on a boat? And how could that have possibly happened? And um, as I went through that time in my 20s and looking at things like, you know, there really are answers as to how these things happened. Yes, a lot of them were miraculous, but they all kind of link in with with um, nature. And they all seem to kind of make sense in, in reality. I found it interesting after a while. I realized that I believed God created the universe, but I I didn't believe some of the smaller miracles, Mm -hmm. like the multiplying the fish and stuff. But then eventually I came to think, well, if he can create the universe out of nothing, like that's an enormous miracle. Um, I realized maybe the miracles I was having trouble with were quite a bit smaller than that. Yeah, exactly. That, That really is kind of my journey. And I had to bring it all around to knowing that this is true and when i started not being afraid of dying anymore and that took a long time for me to get through that 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 was you know well into my 30s until i started really having a security in in who i was wow it took a long time for that and and until then it was a constant panic um panic attacks not even knowing what they were um, not sleeping, being anxious for anything and all things at all times, um, being a hypochondriac, uh, having severe tics. Um, you know, there was a lot of things there that weren't, that weren't very pleasant, um, kind of OCD kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But as I became more secure in my faith, those things you can ask Dana, those things never really subside. Those ticks and things there, and the nervousness, the nervous energy, it's still always there, but it's not what it used to be. Yeah, no, nowhere near to the degree that it was. Wow, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah, and it took me into my 30s till I really realized, you know what, this all comes back to a fear of death. That's what I was afraid of, is dying and not really knowing what was going to happen. Wow. When, when did that stuff start? Like uh, at 18 or so when you moved out? Oh. Or did you have signs of it before? Oh, I had signs of it since I was, you know, I was a nervous, nervous child. Oh. I would 
keep my house awake at night doing some OCD kind of things. I'd make noises. Um, I'd lay in bed going, and you wouldn't believe how that echoes through a house. That, you know, a house where we all were, I drove my family insane because I was always nervous. And then I had to count those things down, you know, five more times. One more time. And I drove people insane. I would sit in school and do that. And then if it wasn't making noises, it was shaking my head. I walked around in a constant state of headache. Is that just to kind of to get your mind off of the burning questions? I don't. It, I'm not really exactly sure. It was kind of a borderline Tourette's kind of a deal. Mm -hmm. And um, I still struggle a little bit with that kind of stuff. But I've never seen you do that as long as I've known you. Unless you're reenacting doing it when you were younger. Yeah, it's, um, I really, and it came down to, it was all manifesting fear. Wow. So I was very small. I graduated high school less than 100 pounds when I graduated high school. Yeah, and uh, I was, uh, you know, pretty picked on, and I had no confidence whatsoever. I was didn't live the, uh, the most uh, glorious life. You know, I was kind of the loner, and so there was a lot of, lot of fear there so um, that kind of stuff has helped shape where I am and um, never knew how much the faith played a part in that wow oh, that's cool and so I'd like to say yes I grew out of it but it's not so much growing out of it as it was finding out who I was and who I was secure with mm -hmm. that I didn't have to be nervous all of the time mm -hmm. I mean, most of the time I didn't sleep you know, all night long. Wow. So you must have been really tired. <laughs> I was very I was very tired. Find yourself sleeping through math class very often. Uh-huh. Yes. And I was very isolated. I would come home and yeah, I was your ultimate extrovert. I would come home at the uh, after school. You mean or, sorry, introvert. introvert. Sorry. We can cut that part out. I was your <laughs> ultimate introvert. Uh, I don't know where that came from. No, I would come home and <clears throat> And close the door, turn on my radio, and be in there all by myself. My parents would say, time for dinner. I'd come out. Can I tell them who you were listening to? Sure. The Righteous Brothers. Oh, yes. Well, I listened to some some music from the 60s. I was a mess. This was in the 90s, and I was listening to 40s, 50s, and 60s music. <laughs> Hey, that's part of your spiritual journey. But, but then you got into grunge, and you went yes. camping alone and blasted Everclear. That, yes, yes. Awesome. <laughs> yep. So. That is an interesting thing about Jason. We went camping and blasted everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of my, my spiritual journey. I guess I did have a little bit more interesting, struggled with Tourette's as a child. <laughs> yeah, you are not the most boring man in the world. <laughs> now, I can say when people think about Tourette's, they think about... They just hear the stereotypical, you were out, you, you know, cussing and, and uncontrollably cussing and so on and so forth. And I would At say, church. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, actually, there is some truth to that in my head. I never did it out loud, but I did a lot of those kind of things. Church was not an instant fix and my faith was not an instant fix. It took some time mm -hmm. to get through that. It took a good amount of time to get through that. And then I had a very loving wife who was very patient 
through a lot of that stuff, nights of panic attacks and not sleeping and and yeah. thinking I was dying and we were zombies for about six to nine months. Wow. Back get, in like 2006, I think. Yeah. I had a nervous <clears throat> breakdown, I would call it, in 2006. And it was uh, kind of a, a rough time. So You say all this and as long as I... What? I've known you now for four five, years? Four or five years. Four or five years. And you're one of the most stable people that I know now. Hmm. That's, that's a, quite, yeah. a, quite a change. Yep. Well, Dana, you're up. Okay. Um, well, unlike you guys, um, I actually did not grow up in a Christian home. However, I did learn about Jesus as a young child um, because of my great aunt, who I spent a lot of time with. Um, she explained to me who Jesus was and, you know, told me the, the Bible stories and told me what Jesus did for me and helped me, you know, accept Jesus into my heart and stuff. So, so that was good. Um, but uh, my aunt was someone that you would call on fire for the Lord. Like, she talked about Jesus all the time. <laughs> so when I got to my teen years, you know, I didn't quite appreciate what she was trying to teach me because it felt like she was really, like, pushing Christianity on me. I was feeling smothered and suffocated. And so um, I didn't, I just kind of wanted to tune her out. Um, but, um but later, you know, when I was working in an office, um, I had a lot of Christian coworkers, and they helped challenge my faith. Um, because at the time, I was calling myself a Christian, but I wasn't going to church, I wasn't reading the Bible, I wasn't really praying. Um, so they kind of helped me to realize that I was, you know, labeling myself a Christian, but I wasn't really living the Christian life. So um, one of them helped me. Um, they they invited me to a church, um, a Baptist church, um, the one where I met Jason. And um, I started going there and started, um, you know, just learning. Tell about his hair. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so I met Jason, the guy. <clears throat> he was trying really hard to um, introduce me to people my own age. So he brings Jason over. And Jason is this scrawny guy, you know, clothes hanging off of him. And he's got hair, just scraggly blonde hair down to his shoulders. Um, I thought he was a hippie. I really, I, I thought he was a tree-hugging, you know, hippy-dippy kind of a guy. Um, so it was not, was not. Not, not love at first sight, I wouldn't say. <laughs> but good things come to those who wait. I'm very blessed to have That's met him. That's a Blink-182 song. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I got plugged into this Baptist church um, and, you know, started to learn and grow. And I eventually made the decision to become baptized and and do the whole Christian life thing. And that is my journey. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. What exactly is the whole Christian life thing? Um, I would describe it as figuring out what Jesus has asked us to do. You know, there's certain things, you know, he wants us to go out. He wants us to spread the gospel. He wants us to, you know, get to know who he is, um, you know, which means, you know, reading the Bible and, you know, applying it to your life. Um, it took me a long time to get to get there. You know, I, I went many years trying so hard. I wanted so badly to read the Bible, but every time I opened it, 
oh, it was so hard. Like, it was so boring. I feel so bad saying that, too. Um, like, I love Jesus, but sometimes the story is so boring. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's I, I do feel really bad saying that. It just, and the Bible just did not make any sense to me whatsoever. I tried so hard. What changed? Well, one of the hurdles, I think, was for a long time, I was trying to read the Bible myself, and I was trying to do it through sheer determination. <laughs> and I was definitely thinking, you know, like, open the cover, start with Genesis 1, and I'm going to, you know, and I'd only make it to, like, Genesis chapter 9 before I was like, okay, I can't do this. It's like forcing yourself to read a math textbook? Pretty much. That's what it felt like. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think um, finally getting into the right Bible study group and showing me how to, you know, slowly read it and digest it and taking, you know, small chunks and like, okay, this is what this says. Now, what does that look like for your life? You know, like mm -hmm. the commands and stuff. Like, okay, I was able to picture it differently in my head and like, okay, this is what this looks like for me. Okay. What made you want to join Brewery Ministries? Oh, well, um... I was really excited to hear about the concept of going and meeting people where they are. Um, I was telling Jason last night, I think, you know, I've been going to church for roughly 20 years. And so many times I've heard them say, like, bring your friends, bring your neighbors. You know, we're having bring a friend Sunday or a church potluck or an outdoor concert. You know, invite, invite, invite. And I never questioned that. You know, I thought, oh, that sounds normal. Until we started talking about brewery ministries. And now all of a sudden I'm kind of putting the brakes on and going, wait, invite friends and family to church? Like, that actually does not make any sense. <laughs> Only because I got to thinking, like, my friends and neighbors who aren't going to church, like, why would they want to come to a strange building that they've never been to, be surrounded by a bunch of people that they don't know, and listen and sing songs about something that they're clearly not interested in? I don't know, like, that was kind of mind-blowing to me, you know. Um, I don't, oh man, I hope this doesn't sound harsh, but it's almost like today's church has it a little backwards. We should be going out to where they are and, you know, sitting down with them, you know, and, and establishing a relationship and and sharing our perspectives on Jesus, you know, instead of us rounding them up and then taking them to where we are. Mm -hmm. No, that makes that makes sense to me. And I was at lunch today with one of my friends and like he's not a Christian, but we were kind of talking about that whole concept about how we think isolated groups that might actually be bad because then we can't if we get isolated over here we can't relate to other people anymore and mm -hmm. i mean we're we think we're supposed to care about other people and be a part of their lives and it's hard to do that when we've we've made our own club over here so we yeah. really wanted to make something different so. you would well, turn into a monastery yeah <laughs> be a monk but monks made beer <laughs> they did well, I'm really excited about it, and I'm really excited to see how this concept works and what God does through it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Did you ever wrestle with any doubts? Um, the one that comes to mind is just um, being forgiven. And the only thing that, you know, the, the thing that would prompt me on, you know, like, oh, am I really forgiven or not, 
is whenever I'm in a worship service or some like organized Christian event and we're standing there and we're in worship, you know, we're singing the songs and then, and this always happens, I'm singing the song and it's just really nice. And then I start looking around and like, oh, people have got their hands in the air and they're swaying back and forth and they've got tears streaming down their face and they're clearly having this like emotional experience and I'm not like I'm just singing the song and um it just made me question you know like did did I accept Christ right you know (laughs) (laughs) did I maybe miss a step you know am I just going through the motions of church um because it just seemed like no matter where I went and we were doing this worship thing it seemed like there were definitely people around me that were feeling God's presence mm-hmm. and I just wasn't. Um, but something that helped me was, you know, there's this podcast I listened to, the Brain Hansen show, and he talks about this very thing. Um, he has, you know, he's kind of built the same way, you know, he just doesn't have this surge of emotion when we're worshiping. And so, um, he was able to point out that, you know, God has designed each and every one of us you know, very differently, mm-hmm. very uniquely. Um, some of us just aren't going to have that emotional response, and that's okay. You know, that does not take away the truth that Jesus died for us and loved us, and that you know His grace is for us. Um, like, even if I'm not feeling it, that truth still stands. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I don't really struggle with that as much like I used to. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's cool. Well, Heath, man. My turn. Awesome. Um, the earliest I didn't I didn't grow up really in the church, and I'm a stereotypical person that keeps their phone off of vibrate. You're a millennial. Uh, mm-hmm. I know. At least it doesn't go off in church. Actually, it did once. Yeah, I didn't I didn't go to church on Sundays when I grew up. In fact, I started that probably in high school, uh, maybe even college. But I remember sitting on my couch with my little brother Nikki and my dad and. My dad was in the middle of us reading us the story of David and Goliath, and I just thought that was the coolest story in the world because such a little guy beat up such just a big dude. <laughs> and it was illustrated, and it showed David slinging a stone at Goliath, and I was like, this is cool. Maybe that's where I get my uh, my love of like shooter video games. I don't know. But uh, And then I started going to Awana when I was like, no, nine ten. Uh, Awana is like this this uh, program for kids that introduces you to uh, bite sized chunks of scripture and gets you going with you know other peers that are your age and leading you in the basics of faith. And that's how I actually got saved the first time. Uh, actually, saved. There we go. Um, and then during high school, uh, I started going to a church, it was a Baptist church, but they didn't really plug me in, I just went and then I went home. So I just I just really followed the faith status quo, so to speak. Then I went to college, and that's where I uh, kind of got all the theology stuff, because I went to a Catholic university, so of course I had to take theology courses. That really got me going, like, is the, is the Bible actually factually correct? Because uh, I always thought it was like legend. Uh, kind of like Nathan did. Oh, you're like me. I did, and then I went through and I, you know, I actually did research on some of that stuff, and I was like, man, this is so cool. So then, mid college, I was working at Arby's, and some dude at Arby's, Jeremy, call out, shout out. 
Um, he you started, are a millennial. He started. <laughs> and I'm, I'm in my 30s, man. Don't don't call me that. No. <laughs> you are. Uh, anyway, you and I are. <laughs> he, well, millennial by choice. So, um, they have some great traits. Well, anyway, the guy uh, started talking about Jesus to me, and I'm like, hey, this is kind of cool. Um, and then another guy invited me to his church, and so I went, and I went, and I went, and I went, and this old lady kept saving my seat, Genevieve, she's such a sweet lady, until she um, passed away, and then I started journaling, and that that really made my faith take off, because I, I read The Case for Christ, and it was so influential in coming up with some of the, some of the evidence behind all of these stories of the Bible. For instance, like the crucifixion and the, the clear fluid coming out of the heart when when they stabbed Jesus in the chest. But uh, th- things like that are spread out through this entire book, and it just really took it off. Then I uh, felt really convicted one day, and I decided to get baptized because I never had been. And that that kind of took off. And a little bit later, here we are starting our own thing with Brewing Ministries. I really like it because throughout throughout um, the music scene in the area. We were going into places and I heard all sorts of people that just got burned by the church. Well, not, not really burned by the church, but burned by people in the church. They were, they were fine with Jesus, but the, the people were being really judgmental and hard on them. And uh, it just, it kind of, I kind of felt for them. So I was like, man, this is, this is a place that, that needs me. So I joined up with these other four peeps and we got going cool man. three peeps sorry <laughs> i guess the holy spirit's here hey <laughs> but yeah so that's kind of my spiritual journey it just started off small and over time bite-sized chunks got introduced and here i am yeah so you weren't who were you like 29 or 30 when you got baptized uh 2015 okay whenever that was i had to count back i'm so old um, 28, 29. Four years ago, 28. Okay. So I think it's 29. interesting. Two of us grew up in the church and two of us did not. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. I was somewhere in the middle. I got introduced to it at home. Yeah, so how old are you? You were 28 when you were baptized. I think so. Okay. Yeah. One of my struggles. I don't struggle with anything. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. Uh, I know that that's kind of cliche in job interviews, but it's a real thing, and I top the charts. Uh, basically, that means I put unrealistic, more idealistic expectations on people, including myself. And then we meet them. When we don't meet them, I set higher ones, thinking I'll meet the original one, and it just doesn't work. And January through a fast, I found out uh, how to manage it, uh, sort of, and use it for good but it still takes a little bit of work to kind of let things go. Uh, I kind of manage it by forced delegation. My boss is really good at this. Even though I didn't want to delegate because things wouldn't be done right, you know, or something, um, I'd I'd do it anyway, and I'd I'd be forced to let go, and I was kind of freeing. Ah, that's cool. So I started doing things in bite-sized chunks, too, and that really helps because I tend to want to be like, Oh, if I don't do the entire thing right now, it won't end up right. Well, you do a little bit at a time, it adds up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really difficult to work around because you got to be on top. If, if you're tired, it's not, you're not going to be able to get over that. You have to be on your game and alert. 
Mm-hmm. Wow, that's cool. And it's almost like that's what you saw people in the community being hurt by, by other people who are Christians? Uh, sort of. Yeah. You saw they placed them. high expectations that they'd already meet. They've already grown in that area. And they were trying to send those same... It's like when you're level one in a game, you're not going to be able to do things at your level 15 mm-hmm. until you get to like level 15 or maybe even 13. Uh, so... Oh, I'm a huge I'm a huge believer that God has a personal timeline for each of us. Mm-hmm. Like we can't be jumping onto other people's timelines and skipping yeah. skipping yeah. our own. <clears throat> that and like maybe maybe there's one area that somebody's um, not as far along in their journey in, but then in some other area they're like really advanced in and things mm-hmm. like that. So it makes it very difficult to to, to guess where other people really are at. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You ever come across, you're a video game guy, right? Yeah. You ever come across a boss in an area you shouldn't be in? Oh, yeah, yeah. You can go uh, to the end boss in Breath of the Wild at the beginning of the game. Yeah, something, something like that. And you wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't be able to fight him. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, it's like, you know, if you're trying to start a ministry but you're a new believer, that's going to be incredibly difficult. <laughs> That's scary enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's it, you got to take things in bite-sized chunks, and that's really key to overcoming that struggle. But it is still a struggle, and it never goes away. One of the gists of our ministry is like we all know that we're struggling with stuff, and we're just like, well, we're just going to struggle together. Like, why hide that we have struggles? Because we know it's not true. <laughs> that we're we know that we're not all together and things like that so there's a lot of freedom in that too because if we if we know that each other knows our struggles and stuff like we don't have to expend energy trying to hide it yeah the older i've gotten the more i see my own flaws but the more i see my own flaws the more what what jesus did like giving us grace the more i understand that and the more like the more that grace just kind of hits me, you know, and it, it's more meaningful because you don't need grace if you've got it all together. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're doing great and you're, you're perfect, which none of us are, you really don't need grace. So it's okay. It's okay to not have it all together. That's, that's what this is about. I, I think that's what Jesus was about. Um, if you can accept grace, you, odds are you can probably give it. Yeah. But if you can't accept grace, odds are you probably won't forgive others either. So, yeah, I read that the other day and I was like, wow, that's deep. Cool. That's like the key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we just kind of wanted to let you know who we are and what we're doing. And just once again, we're shooting for a launch date in Wichita in March of 2020. So we're hoping to start public meetings then. And it'll be very discussion-based, interactive. But we will be focused on trying to figure out some tough questions about Christianity, tough questions about God, just tough questions about Jesus, who He is. And we'll also be going through the Bible trying to figure out what's in it, what's it mean, what's it mean for us. And we're not going to be coming from a traditional standpoint. So if you don't know anything, about the Bible or what's in it, this is the place for you. 
Um, I mean, if you're fam if you're fairly familiar with it, like you can still come too. Or even if you you've never looked at it before, we, we would love to discuss it with you. So, if you want to connect with us on Facebook, if you look up Brewery Ministries, you can find us and follow us, and then we'll give you more details about the launch when we get closer to it. So, if you want to email us, you can email us at breweryministries at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Also, I'm a cyborg. You're a cyborg. I'm a cyborg. <laughs> you can meet Heath the Cyborg in March. All right, see you guys.